Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Edition of Calvary Live. You're listening here in the metro area, 89.7 FM, Grace FM, and down in Colorado Springs, 101.7. And of course, we welcome you guys on the East Coast listening in on Hope FM, New Jersey, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Truth FM. Uh, I think it's Kentucky, South Carolina. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, You are listening live to today's broadcast. Of course, if you guys are listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, you are uh, listening to this program one week delayed. What that means is is that you can call into the show and you will have someone answer your questions live, but you just won't hear it on the air or on the radio until next week. So if you're listening right now, anywhere but Grace FM or online, you're listening to a delayed broadcast. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado, and I'll be your host today. Uh, For the first half of the program, we aren't going to be taking calls, so if you would, just tune in, and I want to introduce you to someone, uh, a man that is coming to, to Aurora on Friday night. He's going to be the guest speaker for our Undivided Attention Conference that's aimed at middle school and high school students and their parents. And we're going to be, or Brett is going to be, tackling the hard topics of homosexuality, transgenderism, in the context of our identity in Christ, and really equipping our kids and parents in our community uh, to face the culture with a biblical worldview. And so I'd like to introduce to you Brett Kunkel, uh, who will be here Friday. He is the, let me get my paperwork in order. Uh, he is the founder and president of Maven, uh, and you can find information on Maven at maventruth.com. Maven is a movement to equip the next generation to know truth, pursue goodness, and create beauty. With more than 25 years working experience, he has history right here in Colorado Brett Kunkel, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, uh, Ed. It's great to be with you guys. I can't wait till uh, Friday night. It's going to be a great event. Yeah, we're really looking forward to having you come out, and it's a big step on behalf of our youth leaders and and those that that are serving here to step into the lives of our kids and their parents and our community on these tough topics. But they're really not they're really not new topics for you, are they? Oh uh, no, these are topics that. Uh, you know, the culture has been uh, raising for quite some time, and so students have been dealing with them for quite some time. So uh, we've uh, we've been addressing this th- these uh, issues for quite a while. 
Well, you use the word culture, and I think it's a it's a valid. We use this word all the time. I, I think I probably use it in just about every message or every other message, trying to to bridge the, the the teaching of the scriptures with culture. But if you were to help us define culture, what is culture, and why is it such a powerful force in our lives? Yeah, that's a great question to start with because culture is something that's not. We talk about it a lot. It's not always clear on what we mean, and culture is a is a big thing to define. So, uh, what I, I like to do is kind of break it down into some of the key aspects of of culture. So, um, in any culture, you've got different institutions, right? So, you have things like uh, government institutions, or education, or business, or these kind of things, and those make up uh, the, the culture. You have ideas. There are ideas that are kind of floating out there in the culture that either get promoted or, or, or get argued against, but they're, they're uh, ideas that influence the way we think and ultimately what we, what we do. Um, so you have ideas, you have institutions. You also have what we would call uh, champions. So these would be people within the culture who we look up to or we look to as authority. So it could be a, a professor or a teacher, a pastor. It could be a celebrity or a sports star. Um, and then you also, uh, I think a fourth aspect of culture would be the uh, artifacts of culture. So this is the, 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 the things that we create. So it might be something like a poem, uh, a, a written book, a piece of music, uh, all kinds of things. And um, these kind of four things help us to, and there's more to culture than that, than that, but these kind of things help us to understand uh, what culture is. It's just what we as human beings make of the world. And uh, it's important, I think, for us to think about culture, because those things, I mean, think about it, we build culture, but then culture turns around and it influences us, it shapes us. And I think one of the most powerful ways it shapes us is by presenting to us what we should take as just normal presents to us what is normal and then we just kind of live by those things even if we've never critically thought about them or examined them and so what are the main um, themes that are shaping kids minds today from the culture what what are the what are the top two or three things that you see really pressing in on the minds of of the youth today yeah, if I were to maybe kind of point out, I think the big thing that we see is that um, kids today, and, and, and adults as well, we're being told by the culture that how we feel really mm. defines us. Mm. And, and how we feel about something is the basis for our decisions. And how we feel is how we ought to live. So the culture says, hey, uh, you, you hear... Uh, slogans like, you do you, or uh, you live your own truth. In fact, mm. if, if you look back at the, uh, the Golden Globe Awards uh, recently, a couple months ago, uh, Oprah Winfrey is a, given a, a big award, and in her speech, she says the most powerful tool we have is to live your own truth. Mm. And that is the mantra of our culture. Uh, you do you, you live uh, by what you feel, and then you also, you don't just live by that, you identify with that. Uh, so what you feel is the most important thing about you. And then this just spills over into every single area of life. So well, whether it's our, our moral choices, yes. you know, we, uh, we, uh, we, we base our moral choices on what we feel. 
if it's our identity, you know, who are we? What does it mean to even be human? Well, that's simply defined by what you feel. And I think that is a really strong current that's running through American culture right now that really impacts our, our young people. And so in light of that, because, you know, watching, um, watching things uh, transpire over the years, I, I, remember, uh, I remember my parents uh, raising me. I, I, wasn't, I, wasn't a, uh, I wasn't born again until I was in my early 20s. And so really lived a life uh, in the world, of the world, for the world. And um, the formative years of, of my upbringing were the 80s and the early 90s. And I remember at times my parents trying to teach me, trying to train me, and, and they, would, they, they would reflect how, how difficult things are now compared to when they grew up, of course, the 50s and the 60s. And, and we would just, you know, we would dismiss. I, I know in my own, uh, my own life, I would just dismiss my parents' input in my life. I would dismiss their observation because I, 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 I felt uh, as, as if they couldn't relate they didn't understand. They lived in a, a different generation, and and in my home in particular, we didn't live with the with any kind of authority structure except the morality of my parents and maybe a veiled Christianity that that kind of floated through through our our home at times. So, how is it, especially those listening in, how is it possible to speak into a kid's life uh, with uh, an authority structure for their life, especially a biblical construct for their life. I mean, how do we even how how do we match um, all of the cultural messages with a strong message of the authority of God in a person's life as re, as He's revealed Himself through a trustworthy book known as the Bible? Yeah, that's a, that's a huge question, and I think it's a, it's maybe the most important question. It's that question of authority. Um, when it comes to the big issues of life, when it comes to life's meaning and purpose, when it comes to moral choices, when it comes to all of these things, everyone is turning to some authority to help them answer those questions and to help them navigate life. So whether you're religious or non-religious, everyone has an authority. Now, as followers of Jesus Christ, we understand that um, our authority is God, and primarily He has revealed Himself and His uh, his word in in Holy Scripture, right? So Scripture is to be our authority. But we've got this situation where uh, young people are inundated with different voices, number one. So they've got just a multitude of voices coming at them that are claiming to be authoritative, that are telling them how to live and what to think. And so one of the challenges is the fact that there's just all of these voices that are competing with Scripture. And so I think that's one of the things that we have to take into consideration. So I think for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, establishing the authority of Scripture with our kids is something that's got to be done early on and very often. Mm. So this, is, this isn't something we wait until they're in junior high and high school. Oftentimes, by that time, it's, um, it's late in the game. I don't want to say too late, because I don't think it's ever too late. But it's late in the game, and there have, by that point... When they're teenagers, there have been multitude of voices that have been yeah. speaking to them for years. So we want to start early on. I'm, I'm talking two, three years old, when our kids are very young, beginning to establish the Bible as the authority. And I think very practically, the way we do this is, number one, 
uh, in our homes and in our churches, the scriptures are central, and so we're constantly reading them. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, Ed, this is not something we can take for granted in the church anymore, that parents, uh, the members in our churches, the Christians, are reading God's Word on a regular basis. But this is a starting point, so we're reading God's Word. So, uh, for instance, in, in our home, my wife and I would get different children's Bibles, so maybe it was the Big Picture Story Bible or the Jesus Storybook Bible, different, you know, children's versions of the Bible that we would read to give them introductions. And then as they got older, then we would read out of God's Word uh, regularly to our kids. And so that's the starting point, is that we're reading to, uh, reading out of God's Word to our kids from early ages. And then uh, here's a second really practical thing, is that they see us also reading the Word ourselves. They see... Um, you know, mom and dad maybe getting up uh, in the morning and, and starting the day by reading God's Word, or uh, in the evening reading God's Word, or maybe as we gather, sometimes when we gather for dinner as a family, we'll start with just a, a passage as our kind of opening prayer. But we want to organize life in such a way that, that God's Word is central, and our kids are going to catch that, right? So early on, they're simply going to catch whether or not we, as adults, uh take the Bible to be authoritative, and not just give that lip service, but actually live that out in our very homes. So a lot of it early on, they'll catch uh, how we submit our own lives to the authority of God's Word. But then let me give you, I think, one other thing that's really important, and this is especially important as our kids get older, is we need to not just answer the what questions. So, you know, the what question might be, what is the Bible? And we would say, well, it's it's God's Word. It's authoritative. And that's, a, that's an important place to start. But then we also have to answer for them the why questions. So that the, the kid who gets in junior high and high school, uh, they're going to start questioning God's Word. They're going to question how this book was even put together. Uh, is, is it even historically reliable? These kinds of things. And I think this is where it's really important in our homes and our churches, to give some apologetic for God's Word. So it's not simply, uh, you know, saying to our kids, the Bible is God's Word because Mom and Dad said so, uh, but it's all, there's also really good reasons uh, that, that kids can grasp for themselves so that they take ownership of that view. So it's not, this is Mom's view, this is Dad's view, or this is my pastor's view, but you know what? There are good reasons that this should be my view as well, and so I think some good apologetics some good reasons why we think this book is no ordinary book, but that it is indeed the, the authoritative Word of God. And I, I, I like what you said, because it's never too late. And it's never too late, number one. So if you're listening in, you are listening to a live broadcast of Calvary Live. Today we have an interview in this first half of the program uh, with Brett Kunkel, who is the founder and president of Maven, and his website is maventruth.com, and he is going to be here at Calvary Aurora on Friday night, June 1st, for a conference we're putting on entitled Undivided Attention. It's a conference aimed at middle school students, high school students, and their parents to be better equipped in understanding what their true identity is in Christ, uh, related to the topics of homosexuality, transgenderism, and all things surrounding those topics. And 
I know that I've, as I have been, and by the way, you guys listening in, it is a free event. It's completely free. All you need to do is come. Uh, we're going to be uh, opening up around five o'clock this Friday uh, with some food trucks on the property. And then the doors are open at 5.30. And then the event starts at 6.30 and we hope to end by 10. There's going to be a couple of main sessions, some time of worship. Uh, there will be also a Q&A session to to really wrestle with some of the topics as it relates to uh, what's been presented. And, you know, Brett is is a man that God uses in, in incredible ways. Not only has he founded um, Maven, that's M-A-V like Victor E-N, but he's a commu- dynamic communicator that um, goes after the heart and the mind. And if I'm not mistaken, Brett, you were a, a youth pastor for a season right here in Aurora, weren't you? Yeah, that's right. I was a youth pastor for about four years uh, at Creekside Church in Aurora there, so uh, uh, it's, it'll be fun to come back to a place I, I lived and did, did ministry for a while. And and the ministry is still ongoing? They they have a new name now, but the ministry is still ongoing, and God's doing a fresh new work uh, through that church, and we're glad they're in Aurora. Uh, and I know that uh, I know of you. I never did meet you while you were here, but Pastor Joel, our high school pastor, um, was at Creekside with you uh, during yeah. that season. Yeah. So it'd be cool to have you come back. But, you know, I, I've been, as I was announcing this event to our own church, um, I felt not only did I want to give the information, but I also felt like I, I needed to convince some parents that this is an important topic. And like this last Sunday, you know, as this last weekend, I was sharing with the, with the church and with the parents, I was just thinking, you know, I respect the different parenting models that are out there. I've raised three kids into adulthood, and I know my wife and I, uh, Marie, we made our own decisions as parents, and, and I respect uh, the decision-making of parents, Christian parents, but I, I strongly encourage, encourage them that in their decision-making matrix when it comes to homosexuality, to LGBT things, to transgenderism, that they choose not to put their head in the sand and pretend that their kids aren't being um, bombarded with these messages, even if and even as homeschool kids. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you agree, disagree with that? I think you're absolutely right. Uh, if, and I think, I think for you know, the, the Church and for Christian parents, we, we have sadly uh, put our heads in the sand. We have avoided some of these difficult conversations. And what happens is the kids, students, don't stop asking these questions. These questions are being raised by the culture, and, and I think you used the right word. You said bombarded. That is absolutely the case. They are bombarded by LGBT messages, and they are bombarded uh, by them in, uh, in school, in education, but even, as you mentioned, homeschoolers who are connected online, who are on social media, they're bombarded by those messages in technology and social media. They're bombarded by those messages at movies and TV mm-hmm. shows. So the conversation is happening. The questions are being asked. Answers are being given. And if we ignore this, then what we do is we then basically give over our kids to be educated on these issues by other people. And uh, so it is vital that we ask this, these questions. And these, and these questions... They go deeper than just simply the LGBT issues. Uh, those are important to think through, but th- there's some deeper issues here. And I think the issue of identity is um, one of the key issues 
that we've got to be talking about with our, our young young people because uh, LGBT issues are tied into identity. So it's not simply this is something I do, but this is who I am, right? I, and, and this is part of, of, of who I am and how I want the world to know me and how I'm to, to live and move in the world. So these are, these are deep, deep questions. And, of course, uh, we know that uh, the Christian worldview offers the most satisfactory answers to the question of identity. What does it mean to be human? What am I? And, how, and then how should I live? How should I be in this world? And the Christian worldview, which says we are precious creatures made in God's image, and therefore we have intrinsic value, we have intrinsic dignity, that is a message that our young people need to hear. And then it also helps inform them on how they ought to be. Right? So this is the larger question of human nature. And if we get human nature wrong, which I think clearly the culture has gotten it wrong on this, well, when you get human nature wrong, then you'll also get human functioning wrong, how we're supposed to live. And this is why we're seeing just uh, the mess in the culture and the breakdown and the pain and the hurt and the depression and the anxiety that comes as a result of living in ways in which we were not designed to live. So we have to we have to deal with these questions. The questions won't uh, students won't stop asking these questions. If you don't address them, if I don't address them, if parents don't address them, they'll just go and find some other voice that's talking about these things. That, that's exactly what I did. I got all of the answers to life's questions on the street and on the playground mm-hmm. and in places that I'm certain my parents would, if they knew, would have, and I, and that was in a time without the internet coming right in, without the world and the entirety of the world coming right into our home and, and how things have progressed and gotten worse and worse um, in, in our current culture and environment. So, so what would you, what would you say, because it's an uncomfortable topic, um, it's an uncomfortable topic I think that there are probably some parents, and by the way, if you guys are listening, you just tuned in on your way home from work, you're listening to Calvary Live, it, it is a live broadcast. Uh, for this first half of the program, I'm interviewing Brett Kunkel, he is the founder and president of Maven. Uh, you can reach him at maventruth.com, and Brett is coming to, to Colorado, he's coming to Aurora, to the Denver metro area, uh, on Friday, June 1st. For a conference we're putting on here for free, it's a free conference called Undivided Attention. It's aimed at middle schoolers, high schoolers, parents uh, to learn more about how the Bible and how God identifies our identity in Christ, specifically to the topics of homosexuality and transgenderism. And if you just tuned in, that's what we're talking about. We're not taking any calls for this first half. Uh, we got some technical things with our board uh, that we need to work on. So instead, we're just gonna we're gonna talk through these things and. And and we are, we have Brett on the line. And Brett, I was thinking, not not only f- sensing that the the need to convince parents to be willing to have their kids trained to even come to the training themselves and come to this time, but what would you say to the parent still unconvinced? What would you say to the parent who's fearful that if they start talking about these things, they will? open up a thought channel in their kid's mind too early or 
unnecessarily or any of the fear types of, or concern, maybe not even fear, but just genuinely concerned. They don't think it's the right time in their middle, they think middle school's too young. It's just too young uh, to talk about these things. I don't want to expose my kid to them um, and that whole spectrum. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, number one, I would say that the, those conversations are already happening. So th- you may think that your kid isn't having any of those conversations. And maybe there is a rare kid out there who's not. Uh, but from all, I would say for the vast majority of our kids, the conversations are already happening. They've already heard, unless you've got your kid locked, you know, locked in the basement and chained to the, the water heater, uh, those conversations are happening. They're hearing about them. Like you said, culture seeps in in all kinds of ways. So uh, those conversations are, are, are happening. Our kids are involved with them. And then number two, I would also say, uh, uh, do we have confidence in the truth? Mm. Right? So I, I think oftentimes we, we live out of this fear, uh, and so we're, we're fearful maybe to address particular issues. But I, I, I think we have no reason to be fearful, because... If Christianity is actually true, if the Bible is actually true, then there, then we then we we can't live in fear. We we shouldn't live in fear, and we should actually confidently address these issues because uh, truth, when it's articulated well, and when it's lived out well, is very compelling. And our kids need to see that. And so. Uh, even if your kid hasn't really addressed some of these issues in a deep, thoughtful way, I think you and I want to be the first ones to talk to them about that. And I'm, I'm actually okay with me being the one to open that conversation with my kids. I would much rather have me or uh, you or, uh, or our churches addressing that those issues first yes. than, than waiting until it's the, the, the school teacher who I don't know much about who addresses it, or the celebrity on TV, or they hear it on a, you know, some talk show, or their friends on social media. So we should, we should want to, I think, um, deal with those issues first, because we can be confident that the Christian worldview is true, and that we can, uh, we've got good reasons for why we believe what we believe. So sometimes the fear is linked to the fact that parents just don't know these issues very well and can't articulate them well themselves. And if that's the case, then we as uh, uh, leaders, the ones who are primarily responsible for the discipleship of our kids, we have a responsibility to then get educated ourselves. And I think an event like this will help parents. It'll help introduce the, the conversation in such a way where Christian truth is being introduced, where we're going to have reasonable conversation, where we're not simply going to say, the Bible says it, you know, that settles it, end of debate. Right because that doesn't work with today's kids, but we're going to give good reasons. We're going to point to the nature of reality, and uh, as well as God's Word. So I think th- there's no better way to introduce these kind of things than through a well-thought-out, well-reasoned, uh, graceful conversation like we're going to have Friday night. From your, from your experience in travels, I, I know that we're, we're aiming our time on Friday to middle school and high school, but how early do you think kids are starting to have these conversations? What's your general consensus view as you travel around the country? Yeah, clearly it's happening in high school and junior high, middle school, uh, for sure. And I think the conversation is getting pushed down even further 
uh, because of a couple of things. Um, I think elementary school kids now, more and more of them, are getting smartphones at earlier and earlier ages. You know, the average uh, elementary kid gets a smartphone at about 11 years of age, and that just seems to continue to, to, to go lower and lower. So our elementary school kids are, are having this whole social media technological mm. world opened up to them, and so I'm, we're finding even elementary kids are more and more aware of these issues. And you're hearing stories all across the country of an elementary school kid who is uh, struggling with his gender identity. And so, you know, the school is helping him to transition. Hey, Brett, you hear the music. I'm going to hold you over to the second half of the program. We'll kind of tie up our conversation. Uh, I've got one more question, and then uh, we'll be right back. Okay, so hang on. Uh, You're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. we got an interview today. got a big event this Friday night. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Chapel in Aurora. We've got a big event coming this Friday. It's aimed at middle school and high school students. We're calling it Undivided Attention. Brett Kunkel is coming out from Southern California. He is the founder and president of Maven. Information on his ministry can be found at maventruth.com. He's going to be coming out and sharing on the topic of our identity, specifically around the topics of homosexuality, transgenderism, and the broader pressure of the culture uh, to... You know, I like how uh, the Phillips translation translates Romans chapter 12, verse 1, where it speaks of not allowing the world to press us into its mold. And, and as we were talking in the first half of the program, and by the way, if you missed the program and you missed the first half, uh, you can always pull it off on the podcast. Uh, if you go to iTunes and get your podcast there, you can put Calvary Live Grace FM. We, we put up the files. I don't know how quick we get them up. Maybe uh, within a week, uh, we get them posted, uh, and uh, you can listen to the program. But we're talking to Brett Kunkel. Welcome back to the program, Brett. Hey, this is a great conversation. I'm glad we're getting getting to talk about these things. It is. It, it may even be uh, that we extended a little bit longer than I expected, because I think that I really feel burdened um, for someone other than me uh, and other pastors in our community to to have a voice to parents that— uh, I just get this sense that there is a tremendous amount of fear uh, with parents, not necessarily lack of concern, not not necessarily I don't want to disciple my kids. Although, um, if you were listening in the first half of the program, we talked about how to train our kids. We talked about making the Bible an authority, and I, I was remembering back with with my kids. I read the Bible. The very first Bible I read to them was was a uh, a comic book type Bible. Uh, it was very accurate to the text, um, but it was in comic book form. And uh, they don't print it anymore, which is a bummer, but all the kids went through that until we got to a place where I began just reading to them from the New King James. And I just began reading to them as if the Bible uh, was an adult book, uh, as if it was an authoritative book. And I read to them 
uh, in a in a in the higher level of of reading. I mean, it wasn't they weren't three year olds, but the they, I forget what age it was in each of our kids, and and just really treated them like they could understand it, and like mm-hmm. if they couldn't, we would. Uh, we would help explain it and develop that relationship. And and as you were describing that, I forgot to put I, I forgot to put a label on it for people. And that's what when you hear your pastor talk about discipling your kids, that's really the essence of discipleship, of training uh, and and helping your kids. You know, you train your kids how to do the dishes, how to mow the lawn, how to tie their shoes, how to be kind, how to say thank you and please. But even more so, we have a responsibility to train our kids. From the earliest of age, um, from the earliest of age, what it means to know God, to love God, and to have a relationship uh, with God uh, through His Son Jesus Christ. And so, do you do you find? Um, well, how about I not frame the question, but rather leave it open to you? What do you find uh, is the most, um, you know, the biggest issue in parents' minds when it comes to the topic of of the culture, uh, smartphones, technology, homosexuality, trend, all of it together, what do you find parents are really wrestling with, or where are they? Yeah, I, well, I think that in terms of issues, uh, I think the biggest issue that parents are wrestling with is technology. Uh, and you see this in, in a number of different uh, you know surveys where st- parents really feel like they need some help when it comes to helping their kids navigate this this world of technology because a lot of parents uh you know are what we call digital immigrants mm. they they didn't grow up with technology like their kids are growing up with technology uh you know i i didn't get my first smartphone gosh you know until i was in my uh late uh, or i guess early 30s so so i'm coming into it as an outsider but these kids are growing up with it from the very beginning so they're native, they're digital natives. And so oftentimes kids know more about technology than their parents do. Parents understand that technology, uh, there's some wonderful things about technology, right? We, we don't want to say it's all bad. I mean, the, the ability to kind of stay in touch with our kids, stay connected with them, uh, you know, things like that. But, but they also realize it comes with a whole lot of potential for evil. Uh, it allows all kinds of ideas and images and uh, and sin, uh, it just kind of puts it right out there for kids. So I think that is one of the areas that I hear from parents, like, how do I, how do I navigate this? How do I, you know, I, I can't be over my kid's shoulder every single minute that they're on technology. So what do I, what do I do? How do we, you know, how do we manage this? That's the big question. And, um, you know, and, and it's a difficult one. And that's where I think, you know, just a couple thoughts on that is, number one, I think we actually should probably hold off on putting screens in front of our kids' faces as long as we can. Uh, I mean, there's, there's research just on how technology impacts the brain and how it impacts, uh, you know, future learning, and those kinds of things, that uh, the earlier you put technology in a kid's hands and put them in front of screens, the more detrimental it is. Uh, into uh, in terms of their brain development, intellectual development, those kinds of things. And so what we want to do is kind of hold off on that, keep them um, from developing a bad habits early on, prevent them from becoming addicted to screens, because a lot of teenagers will admit to me, uh, junior hires and high schoolers, uh, 
they'll admit that they're addicted to their, their, their phones. They're addicted to their smartphones. And, and what we're finding is a correlation between the amount of time they spend on a screen and their levels of depression hmm. and anxiety, uh, these kinds of things. Uh, depression used to be something, you know, the first onslaught of depression would come in the late 20s. Now, psychologists are telling us, hey, this is a young person's problem as well. And a lot of it, I think, can be traced back to screens in front of them all the time. So I think that's one thing we can do is hold off as, as long as possible. And that's where the church, this is where our youth groups um, need to create a culture within the church that, that allows kids to feel like it's okay that I don't have a smartphone when I'm eight years old, right? Because the culture out there is putting pressure on them, and so they go to school, and more and more of their friends are getting smartphones at earlier ages. It's just presented to them as this is the norm. And so they feel this pressure, this social pressure, and then they come home and they say, Mom, Dad, I, I need a smartphone. I want to have a smartphone. And Mom and Dad are resisting, but every, you know, every one of the kids in their class has one, so this pressure is overwhelming, and then parents are the bad guys in the minds of their kids because they're holding off on this. So one thing that we can help young people do is have an alternative culture in our churches, in our homes, in our youth ministries, where we actually celebrate that. We help them to see that even if it is normal in the culture, it's not normal in here. And it's actually okay that you don't have a smartphone and that there are things that we want to develop in you, character and virtue, so that when we do give you that thing, you're able to use it ultimately for God's glory. Right. Um, so that is a, the technology and screens is a pressing issue for parents. Because the technology and the screen put everything of the world unfiltered um, right into a kid's hands. Yeah. And, and not only do they get it unfiltered, but then they also, uh, this is what I tell parents the technology itself, a smartphone itself, is not immoral. Right, the using a social media platform like Facebook or Twitter, or Instagram is not wrong in and of itself. But we don't want to make the mistake to think that that technology is neutral. Meaning, here's what I mean: just by using the technology, just by using a social media platform, it has the potential to shape our kids. So, if you think about something uh, like uh, Instagram, here's a social media platform, and you have a system of likes and followers. And so a kid posts a picture, and what happens? Well, that picture gets different likes. And what ends up happening is a kid posts one picture, it doesn't get very many likes. They post another picture, it gets a whole lot more likes. Well, that's informing the kid on what's more popular, what people want to see, and it shapes them. Or uh, they, you know, the whole system of uh, followers. You know, the more followers you have... Uh, the the better you are, the more popular you are, more people like you, and this gets tied into a young kid's identity, right? They're ask, they're they're at an age where they're trying to form identity, and then you've got this social media platform that is in reinforcing things about identity that we don't want them yes. uh, to think. And so the medium is not neutral. The medium of technology is not neutral. Just by using it, it even shapes us. So let's fast forward to this Friday, um, a couple days from now. And again, you guys listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, uh, we're going to be uh, posting the, 
the conference on our app after the fact. So I know you can't be here in person. It'll be posted uh, later, uh, and I'll be mentioning it on Calvary Live later just to remind you guys. Uh, but for you guys here in the metro area, uh, this is an important conference. You've heard it on, you know, we've been promoting it for a while now. I've uh, been sending information out. It's called Undivided Attention. Uh, it's geared, uh, it's a time geared for middle school and high school students on the topic of identity as it relates to the LGBT questions, as it relates to homosexuality, to transgenderism. And and we're bringing out Brett Kunkel. He's from Maven. Uh, again, his website is maventruth.com. He has uh, some roots here, spent four years serving at a local congregation here in Aurora uh, a few years ago and is coming back, looking forward to reconnecting, I'm sure, with some folks here. So uh, God has arranged this through our, our youth pastor, Joel Hirsch, and and our, our middle school youth pastor, Keegan Withers. They, they just uh, together have formed uh, around this vision of equipping our kids and and again, my burden is for the parent listening that's afraid, uh, doesn't want to stir this up, maybe feels inadequate, uh, it, that the tide, you know, if we compared the culture and the culture of technology as a wave, uh, you feel like it's a tsunami, uh, like you're, you're just, you got to throw up your hands, and uh, what, what can you do but just give up to the culture? And, I, and we want to encourage you, no, don't just throw up your hands and give up to the culture uh, the Lord is faithful to equip you with your kids, and you have something with your kids that no one else has, and that is a love relationship. And I know, you know, maybe you're listening right now, and you've got a backslidden or a, you know, a prodigal kid right now. I, I know we have some families in our own church that we've been praying earnestly for uh, on on the the reality of this topic, touching their home, um, you know, in, in infiltrating their kid's mind, having to process it all, and in. We don't have enough time to describe how hard and difficult it is for the parent to navigate through um, this with a kid that has gone over uh, the edge and, and has really embraced this lifestyle, embraced this identity, uh, and, and has, has found themselves in a world that's not very kind, in a world that's filled with facades and the reality of it, you know, like anything. Like anything, I, we don't want to pick on one particular issue in culture because sin is sin, and it always provides a facade. It always promises something with a nice bow, nice shiny uh, wrapping, but when you open it up, it's it's not at all what it seemed. It's only pleasurable for a season, but then you're caught in it because sin comes with ancillary sins, and some of those ancillary sins involve alcohol and drugs, the addictive properties of pornography, uh, and then a kid gets in it and then feels like they can never get out. And and I know these are hard topics. I'm sure some parents flip the radio off right away when they heard the topic. And, and I respect that. It just breaks my heart because we're living in a different culture. Um, we're navigating through a much, we're, we're navigating through a much different world than even, I, in the 80s were crazy. It, they were crazy time. Uh, I don't know how old you are, bro, but I don't know if the 80s were relevant to you, but they were a crazy time. Um, yeah. So much so that as a sinful, rebellious young man in high school, I um, got my girlfriend pregnant. Um, yeah. That was that was the that that was the lifestyle to be lived. And and even then, in the, how whacked out and backwards my life was in sin and rebellion, God, in His redemptive purposes and His sovereignty, 
plucked me out of that sinful lifestyle, and he can do the same with your kids. And, and so I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you with the, um, with the support of Brett, who does this um, as the entirety of his ministry. This is what God has called him to. This is why he's founded Maven. His heart is to communicate to students, as he has to thousands of students and adults, he, hold, he goes to churches, seminars, conferences. Um, it, it even says, I'm reading here, that, Brett, you've developed a groundbreaking approach to mission trips um, that creates a one-of-a-kind training experience. We'll probably have to have you back to talk about this, but for the sake of our time today, on Friday, what can a parent expect that you might help them, like they're on the edge of saying, maybe I will, maybe I won't. What can you help them with to get to the maybe I will to I am going, I'm going to bring my kid to this time on Friday night. Yeah, well, one of the things uh, I'm going to start with is talking about the idea of love. Our culture tells us that love means that you accept and affirm whatever decisions, whatever life someone chooses to live. And um, in doing so, the culture gives us a false view of love. And what we want to do is, is look, look at what love is, that it's not just affirmation, it's not just affectionate feelings, but it really is a commitment to the good of other people, uh, as far as we can, we can do that. And so love, include, the biblical view of love, includes not just acceptance and kindness and graciousness and, and warmth and all of that, but it also includes the idea of truth, right? John chapter 1 tells us that Jesus came in grace and in truth. And so one of the best ways to love our kids and one of the best ways to love people in the culture is to, to speak the truth, even when people don't want to hear it. And, of course, we do that with gentleness, respect, kindness, grace, but we don't compromise speaking the truth. And, um, and so that's one of the things we're going to talk about. And then when it comes specifically to uh, the gay lifestyle, because there are a lot of young people who are flirting with that, and uh, some who are, begin- who are identifying with that in junior high and high school. And so what we want to help them do is think carefully about it and to think factually about it, because there are facts out there that can be discovered. And one of the things that I want to talk to young people and the parents about is that this kind of lifestyle will bring harm. It'll bring not just physical harm, but it'll also bring a psychological and emotional harm. Mm. And ultimately, and most importantly, it'll bring spiritual harm. And so there are, there are some real harms that, uh, that the kids are walking into without knowing it. It's been, right, the, the culture simply affirms all of this, says go for it, says there's nothing wrong with it, live your life how you want to live. And, and that's not love, and that's not the loving thing to tell young people. If someone is harming themselves, we've got to be brave enough and courageous enough uh, to graciously speak the truth into that situation. So I want to point to some of the facts, the facts of reality. Uh, if we are designed creatures, if we have been made by a creator, then we are designed to live in a certain way. And if we want our kids to flourish, we want to help lead our kids uh, uh, 
to living a life that is consistent with the way they were designed yeah. by their by their creator. That's what brings about flourishing. Uh, and so we'll I, and we'll communicate all this in a way that I think kids can get. And that's one of the things I think we've got to do in the church is, uh, you know, there's we have great academics and scholars in the church that help us think about these things on really deep levels. But we also have got to translate this stuff for 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 young people, and uh, and help them see the relevance of it, and and help it to make sense for them. And so we're going to do that on Friday night. We're going to talk about this stuff in some common sense ways, and uh, and and the message is going to be, I think, a message of love, but properly defined love, love that that includes grace and truth. Ultimately, so our kids can flourish in this world. No, I like that. I like that the the word you used was translate. So putting it into a language where the kids can connect and making it making the message relevant to where the kids are, because this is what you spend um, your entire life doing. This is how God made you. Uh, this is what God's made you to do. So I'm excited to have you out. If you're just tuning in, uh, we're talking to Brett Kunkel. He is uh, the founder and president of Maven. Uh, and he's, he's going to be here Friday night. We've got a free free conference that we're putting on here at Calvary Aurora. Uh, you can go to calvaryaurora.org for uh, directions. Everything starts this Friday night. Uh, food trucks will be on the property at 5. Doors open 5.30. Um, things are going to start around 6.30. And um, it's geared toward middle school and high school students and parents. Of course, youth pastors and lead youth leaders, those that, that impact public school teachers, school teachers, um, you know, we we really aren't limiting who's going to be here. We we welcome you here. We welcome you here to not only be equipped, um, but to be encouraged and and to to hear um, the the message of love from um, from a biblical perspective. And and you know, we're we're just happen like Brett. We also we're a church that that are not is not going to cave into the culture. Uh, we're not going to just um, bow to the pressures of culture. Um, we're, we're not a milit, you know, this isn't a militant event in case somebody's listening and thinking, oh, you know, church is rising up to be militant, um, only in the sense of a spiritual battle for the souls of kids and the souls of men and women. I mean, we, we truly want to have, um, equitable dialogue, uh, and, and recognize that different viewpoints exist, but when you have a viewpoint and I have a viewpoint and we disagree, Whose viewpoint wins? Who's the standard? What's the standard of truth that both of us should yield to? Um, who's going to supersede both of our opinions so that there is a standard of truth, there is a measurement of what is right and wrong, and as Brett was saying earlier, you know, who better to learn the standard of right and wrong from? Not morality, not our culture, not the laws of the land, but from our Creator, who not only dis- not only um, shared verbally that he loves us, but demonstrated practically that he loves us by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, as the perfect sacrifice, the perfect for the imperfect, the sinful or the sinless uh, for the sinful. And, and I know that parents, if you're on the edge and you're just wondering, you know, I don't know, it's too early to talk about this with our kids. It's, it's never too early. Um, it's never too early to breach these subjects, you know, and uh, with your kids, especially as Brett was saying earlier, like the best person to start the conversation with their kid is the parent. Um, and even if you feel ill-equipped, that's why we're bringing Brett here. We want to help equip you. We want to help give you answers. 
We want to help encourage you in the God-given gift that you've been given in parenthood or even grandparenthood. Perhaps that's you're raising your grandkids, um, but we're not going to we're not going to bow to the cultural tsunami of uh, reckless living and reckless sin, but rather um, we want to come alongside of you as another tool that that you can use in the discipleship and the training of your kids. So, Brett, I appreciate you investing an hour with us today and coming out this Friday. Anything, any last thoughts you want to share that we didn't cover? I would just uh, encourage uh, parents, um, let let the, the challenge of these issues motivate you, uh, motivate you to action. And, uh, and I, you know, kind of echoing what you said here, Ed, is that we, we have the truth, uh, and if, if what we believe is not true, then we don't want to believe it, right? And Paul, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, look, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, uh, our faith is, is, is in vain. Our yes. faith is worthless. Uh, but if Jesus rose from the dead, and Christianity is true, and the Bible is his God's Word, then we can walk confidently. And so what some of us need to do is just equip ourselves. We need to grow ourselves so that we can then be uh, men and women, moms and dads, parents and pastors, who can then equip the next generation. Uh, because the next generation, they, they, they want help. They want to have honest conversations about these things. They want the, the, the freedom to be able to express some of their doubts. And, and if there should be any place uh, in the culture where kids can ask their questions. It should be in a Christian home yes. or a church. That's where we want them to wrestle with these things when they're with us so that we can guide them uh, with wisdom, uh, with knowledge, and with uh, love and grace. Well, great. Sure, good to have you on the program today and look forward to having you out on Friday night, Brett. Yeah, can't wait. All right, man. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Well, thanks for sticking around on today's program. We have um, a special conference that's being put on this uh, Friday night here at Calvary Aurora. Free, free, free. There's no charge. Um, They'll be charged for food trucks and stuff you want to eat there. But for the conference itself, everything that we're doing is free. Uh, It is really on the heart of our youth pastor, uh, pastors, Pastor Joel and Keegan, uh, to provide the kind of uh, equipping um, not just for our church. Um, we just feel burdened to serve uh, the churches here in our community. And of course, you guys on the East Coast, you guys uh, listening on Hope FM, Truth FM, I know uh, you don't really have access to be at our church this Friday, but we're going to be making this stuff available on our app and our website for free as well. Uh, and so um, after the fact, I'll be reminding you about that. But thank you guys. Uh, appreciate you also, Pastor Joel, texting me and giving me some uh, questions to follow up as well. Um, you know, Joel, you are just such a faithful youth pastor here and pastor on staff, and uh, you're missed, brother. Uh, and I know that God's doing a great work in you in the ministry that God's called you to. Uh, and and so, if you are a church or youth leader, parent in the Denver metro area, uh, you are invited. Uh, you're invited to come to this free event. Food trucks will be here five o'clock. Doors open five thirty. Things start six thirty. We're bringing out Brett Kunkel. He is the head of Maven. Uh, I want to call it Maven Ministries, but that's not what it says on his bio. It's Maven, M-A-V-E-N. And some might be asking why the name Maven. Uh, He answers that question 
he wanted to choose a name for the organization uh, that didn't sound academic or educational and wasn't overly apologetic-y uh, because sadly that doesn't appeal to the average Christian student, but he wanted to choose a name that communicated accurately what we're about. And so Wikipedia defines Maven as a trusted expert in a particular field who seeks to pass timely and relevant knowledge on to others. And so our field, he says, is faith, the truth of Christ, and Maven is one who knows the truth. And that's what we want students to become. Um, that's what we want to help parents, pastors, youth leaders become for their children and youth. And Brett has some history here. He served with the Creekside Church here in Aurora for many years. Uh, Creekside Church is now called The Way Church. It's still going strong in our community, doing great things in the name of Jesus. And uh, it's good to have Brett come out. So that's this Friday. Lord willing, I'll be back on the air tomorrow. We can uh, mop up some of the things that we talked about today and close up and then... Uh, uh, take your calls, and I know you guys had some calls. Valerie, please call back tomorrow. Um, call back tomorrow with your encouragement. Uh, I would love to hear your story, and and maybe this is some of your background. Uh, you're listening in. You can call tomorrow. We'll have a regular show tomorrow, but we won't stop talking about Undivided Attention, our identity conference this Friday. Middle school, high schoolers, parents, teachers, uh, adults of all sorts and stripes, influencing kids, wanting to be equipped yourself in this topic. Uh, it'll be here at Calvary Aurora Friday night, free, free, free. Tonight we have Bible study, 7 o'clock. Uh, come on out. We'll be gathering together as the saints, Acts 2.42 style. God bless you, and thanks for joining me today. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.